0: You wanna know what it takes to be a true alpha? Well, on today's episode, we're gonna be talking about the three P's of manhood. Pussy, paper, and power. Pussy, you get some. But for real though, if you wanna learn about manhood, you should check out this episode. Welcome back to the show. I'm Travis Chapel, and I believe that if you can connect with the best, you can become the best. So after creating 800 podcast episodes about building your network, I've come to realize that networking is really just making friends. if you are doing it the right way anyway. Join me as I make friends with world-class athletes like Shaquille O'Neal, entertainers like Rob Dyrdek, authors like Dr. Nicole LaPera, former presidents like Vicente Fox, or even the occasional FBI hostage negotiator, billionaire real estate mogul, or polarizing political figure. So if you want to make more friends that help you become a better version of yourself, then subscribe to the show and keep on listening, because this is Travis Makes Friends. The quote of the week this week comes from Theodore Roosevelt. He says... We do not admire the man of timid peace. We admire the man who embodies victorious effort, the man who never wrongs his neighbor, who is prompt to help a friend, but who has those virile qualities necessary to win in the stern strife of actual life. Today's hot take. It's all about alpha males. The worst advertisement for being an alpha male today is in fact alpha males, Look, there's an entire movement, which you probably know about unless you just never get online. There's an entire movement now of alpha male influencers that have taken the social algorithms by storm, and as someone who is an ultra-competitive dude myself, I like some of the stuff, and I don't like some of the other stuff. So today, I'm going to talk about the things that I like and the things that I do not like at all. So let's go ahead and start with the positives, because there are a couple of positives, in my opinion. First of all, I like that there are some men who are standing up on the broader attack on manhood as a whole that seems to be happening in our culture. Uh, This has been happening for a little while now, but uh, more recently, where if you see a man portrayed in a television show or a movie or something like that... He's often portrayed as this kind of clumsy, out of touch mistake factory. And although some of the characters are fantastic, I'm talking to you, Phil Dunphy, gets a little old. Uh, It kind of teaches people that that's what men are. That it's just this degradation of what manhood is. And look, I get it. Men were held in such high regard for all of human history uh, that it just makes them the easiest target. And. It makes complete sense as to why that happened. But now what we're experiencing, in my opinion, is a pendulum swing just so far in the opposite direction, and it's becoming hard to find good examples of what it actually means to be a man, like a good man. So I like that there are some men who are who are saying, this is it, you know, like this is the example. You can follow this example. I also like that it's bringing more attention to the conversation from people on the opposite side, people who've been fighting so hard and for so long for their rights Um, And unintentionally kind of shitting on manhood and are now realizing that championing themselves doesn't mean that they have to put down another like another group of people in this case. Men and yes, I totally understand the irony of that statement because that's basically history in a nutshell. On the opposite end, so there are some good things coming out of of some of this stuff, but but I also want to address a couple of the bad things because there are some bad things, some pretty nasty, nefarious things, in my opinion. First of all, I say the alpha males are the worst advertisement for the alpha male mentality because even though some of them have some really good things to say. The way that they market their content and kind of the way that you have to market your content if you're trying to sell that in in that world is to attract people who want to become alpha. So instead of focusing on the boring and most important details of becoming an alpha, like being a provider or protector or serving those around you or leading with love and empathy, but still valuing competition and struggle and hard work and traditional masculine values. They focus on the more marketable aspects of the results that some of those alphas have, like being surrounded by a bunch of chicks in bikinis or owning three supercars or sitting on a yacht or uh, taking a picture in your bathtub full of money. And that marketing mistakenly implies that those things are what make you an alpha, not the person you are or the how you show up in the world. And that's just not true. So I definitely don't like the way that they're marketed, although I do understand as a marketer that however you can get attention is how you get attention. And then you can kind of teach beyond that. So I get that, but also I don't like, I don't like a lot of that marketing. Secondly, I don't like how some, again, some of the alpha culture does exactly what I was saying earlier. It drives me crazy. They demean entire other groups of people just to prop themselves up.
1: Women are fucking stupid.
0: Not only is that not the right thing to do, it's the complete opposite of how a true alpha would act. The alpha isn't the loud, obnoxious one in the room. They're often the ones who act with the most quiet version of confidence. Their last worry is whether or not you or anyone else in the room thinks they're an alpha. They have security and confidence in themselves because they focus on building an impeccable relationship with themselves. First and foremost, they keep the promises they make to themselves. They know who they are. They don't need your validation or my validation to prove anything otherwise. So if you're an alpha, you don't feel the need to go prove that you're an alpha. You don't have to puff your chest out to people and make people feel bad about themselves. You can rest assured that people will know to trust you and rely on you over time because that's the person you are. Not this brand that you're pretending to be so that you can monetize something or make some money. So that's it for today's hot take. Let's go ahead and move into the breakdown. And for today's breakdown, I decided that uh, I'm just not going to really add any color commentary in it today because the guest that we brought on to talk about this is one of the people who I would recommend following the most if you are into being the real kind of alpha, into being... Uh, a man who loves and respects those respects those around him, and who demands respect from the people around him, and those people around him are happy to give him that respect because of how he shows up in the world. And that is Bedros Koulian. Bedros is the author of the book "Man Up." He's the founder of Fit Body Boot They do, I think, about two hundred million or so in annual revenue uh, between all of their franchises that they have. Uh, he runs multiple kind of boot camps and uh, masterminds with some friends of mine all around an amazing entrepreneur a seemingly strong father and husband somebody who really embodies to me what it really means to be an alpha so without further ado please enjoy this clip from my conversation with Brad schoolian
2: if i want to do the self-work the inner work the deep work i have to man up and face the demons i have to man up and face my childhood molestation that happened to me i have to man up and and face the fact that racist people were telling me to go back to my own fucking country, you foreigner. I have to man up and face the fact that I was a horrible leader in 2013 and Fit Body Bootcamp franchise almost went out of business. I I had to man up and have the most uncomfortable conversations with the people in my business who were a bad fit, but I didn't want to hurt their feelings, Mm. and so I, didn't know how to communicate with them. And so manning up isn't like this tough guy, bravado, macho thing. Man up is stop making excuses, take control of your situation, and rise to your potential. You see it in movies and TV shows, sitcoms all the time. It's like, hey bro, dude, man up and go after the girl of your dreams. Hey bro, man up and ask your, ask your boss for that raise that you deserve. And so you know, there's a segment of the population that thinks it's a gender specific thing. They go, well, I want a woman up. Here's what man up means, human right? Mm -hmm. I believe as humans, we are top of the food chain. Would you agree? Mm -hmm. Like we're top of the food chain. Yet I can go out in the parking lot here with the camera guys here and you and we can look in people's cars and you're going to see burger wrappers. You're going to see empty soda cans. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a car that looks like a fucking dumpster. Mm -hmm. And the reason these cars look like that because these people are living Mm subpar. If you're human and you're top of the food chain, why are you living like a fucking animal? And if you've got a few pounds to lose, why don't you lose those to set a great example for your kids? If you're cheating on your spouse, why don't you stop cheating on your spouse so that you can set a great example for your kids mm-hmm. who are eventually you're gonna find out anyway or, or you're not gonna feel like an imposter or a cheat. All those things are manning up because people go, yeah, but I was in a hurry so I couldn't wash my car, clean my car out. Yeah, I don't have time to work out. Man up, stop making excuses, take control of your situation, and rise to your potential as a human. Yeah. And so whether you're woman or man, rise to your potential. That's what man up is about. All
0: right, guys, that is it for today's breakdown. Let's go ahead and head into some Q&A all around the topic of masculinity, right?
3: Yep, all That's around masculinity. Does toxic masculinity exist?
0: All right, so... I know we kind of disagree on this. I do not believe that toxic masculinity exists because I think that true masculinity is not toxic at its core. I understand the culture and the movement behind what is quote unquote toxic masculinity or what's been labeled as that. But that to me is not actual masculinity because masculinity in and of itself is not a toxic thing when it's done right. And uh, we expounded on this a lot more in an episode that we did with Matt Baudreau um, who owns a, a education company, uh, and, and not like, uh, they sell courses online type thing. Like they have a, a school curriculum, uh, for young men to go through. And I had the privilege of actually speaking to a bunch of the young men in their community, which was, which was really fun and a really cool experience. But him and I talk in depth about this in our interview. So
4: cue clip. All masculine traits, those honorable virtues, the, that set of virtues, that code, um, that we talked about a little bit earlier is automatically that that's discredited altogether. It's just masculinity is toxic, right? Mm -hmm. And that whole term, there is no such thing as toxic masculinity. It's like jumbo shrimp. It's a, it's a inherent uh, conundrum because masculinity is honorable set of virtues that are inherently Mm -hmm. non-toxic. But the media tells you otherwise education. And when I say it, you know, it's really not education. It's schooling um, from university down is built and predicated upon masculinity being toxic. And so you're getting attacked there. You're getting attacked by distractions. Um, You know, uh, young men are the like video games, man, kill me. Like, because these young men get the opportunity to have all these dopamine hits and feel like they're actually accomplishing something um, which you used to only get if you accomplish something. Mm. Now you get it because you, you know, frigging built something in Minecraft or you did well in call of duty. or I don't even know what the popular games are now, you know? And so, um, you've got young men being distracted and brought off it. So it is under attack in so many different ways. So from a parental standpoint, um, you know, our job is to not just, it's not to shield them from it and pretend it doesn't exist It's to acknowledge the enemy that's in front of you Mm. and then give them tools to navigate it. Because if you let them be prey to it, they're in trouble. If you pretend like it doesn't exist and you shield them so they never know, you're also in trouble. You just might be in trouble further on down the line. Mm, So, you know, if you want to raise a dragon slayer in times where dragons freaking exist, you've got to let them know early that there's dragons out there and here's how we fight them. Mm. Right. And so that starts with you fighting them as dad. Yeah. I can't preach hard work and character and working harder than others treating others the the right way pursuing dreams being disciplined remembering that I only have one life to live always do I can't preach any of that to my kids if I'm not first living that day in and day out yeah and surrounding myself with other men who are doing that day in and day out right it starts with me doing the right thing first before I can hold that accountability for my kids and my young man.
3: All right. The second question is, what is a book that every man should read? Oh, it's funny. You should ask that because
0: I have one book on this what desk and I have no idea this question was going to come up, but uh, I would say the meditations by Marcus Aurelius um, and really basically anything else that gives you Insights into the life of Mark Aurelius. I really enjoy. Um, I, I don't know if I would label myself completely as a Stoic necessarily, but I take a lot of the uh, lessons from Stoicism and apply them into my own life, and they're a big part of my value system. And so, uh, Mark Aurelius' The Meditations is a really fantastic book. It's kind of written in a like Bible esque kind of a way, um, so they're just kind of like thoughts and notes that are put into sections and just have points to them Um, so they're kind of separated out into just different things that he wrote and journaled about during his life and the reason I really like him as a figure in history is to me there's like there's typically two groups of people there's there's practitioners and there's philosophers Mm -hmm. so there's people who think about how things work like more like professors and uh and you know phds and things like that but their entire work is is dedicated to classroom specific studying and looking at data sets and looking and 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 writing peer-reviewed research papers and stuff like that and you have the practitioners who are people that are out there doing things in life on a day-to-day basis they're interacting right. with people they're building businesses they and and a lot of times these two groups are kind of opposed to each other you have this kind of like very thought heavy um, almost judgmental group because they're mm-hmm. judging these people for being uneducated and yeah, and uh, and putting out ideas and concepts that they're proving wrong with their research, but it's like but you can't necessarily fault somebody who maybe didn't have access to the same information that you did through the education system because they figured out a way to make life work in their favor and to build a really cool life for themselves using this thing that they did that they teach yeah. and maybe go against the statistics that you're talking about, but can you really argue with it if it actually produced results? So you have like the practitioners over here and you have the philosophers over here. My favorite people to listen to are the people that are in the middle of that group. It's like, if you draw, draw the Venn diagram, the the people in the middle of those two circles colliding are philosophers and practitioners combined together. Yeah. And that to me is like the most sincere or the most trustworthy rather version of wisdom is the practitioner who's also a philosopher, somebody who does things and gives a ton of thought into how they do things and how they continue to do things and how they can improve on those things based on data and research and their own personal anecdotal experience. So um, in history, I think there's just not that many people that do it as well um, as Marx Aurelius. Um, He was a a Roman emperor and he was, you know, a self Admitted philosopher as yeah. well. So I like a lot of his stuff, and I think that it's a book that's worthy of reading for yeah.
3: sure. And I do like books like this, or like Art of War by Sun Tzu, where it's like yeah. it is so split up where you could literally read like one sentence yep. and you like walk away with like a whole lesson you could think about all day. Mm-hmm. Um, if you think about it, like Sun Tzu and Marcus Aurelius kind of like were just OG Twitter feeds. Like yeah, they just true. kind of pre wrote it <laughs> all. Thoughts, and yeah. then we're like, boom, there you go. Well, so I'm pretty sure this was written posthumously
0: just for taken from from, his writings yeah from from just his own personal journals when he continued to learn from you know his mentors like epictetus and some of the other um you know the beginning of what became stoic philosophy yeah this episode of the show is brought to you by indeed we are driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all it's to match and match with Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need a hire, you
3: need Indeed. Okay. The last question here. Why do you think so much alpha male content, quote unquote alpha male content, uh, the red pillars, yeah. if you will, uh, why do you think so much of the content about building up men also spends maybe most of its time trashing women this might go this there's some connection to i think the uh toxic masculinity doesn't exist conversation yeah but
0: yeah it's tough dude i I really don't know i I feel i feel like some of it is just the fact that the content creators are the ones that get the most the majority of the attention mm -hmm. of the attention and they know that the stuff that's most likely to get the most views is the stuff that's most controversial. Yeah. So like the obvious example is Andrew Tate. Cause you know, if you, when I look at his stuff, 80 to 90% of what he says, I tend to agree with,
1: I would say if you're going to say to a 20 year old, who's truly exceptional and driven, I'd say you need to become a master communicator because once you can do that, you can do anything. But the 10 to 20% fringe stuff that he says
0: is like, <laughs> yeah. Whoa, yeah. I fully disagree with that yeah. as a man with a daughter,
3: like, yeah. It gives you like a the whole kinda, new fresh perspective. If you confuse them on taxes, you can get more money out of the cam girl that you're pimping out. Is that, have you no. There's like this whole thing. He's like, cause girls are so stupid that you could just tell them, just sign this form, just do this thing. And you can be skimming like an extra, like 10% off their, off yeah. their income as a creator.
1: Tax is also another important element for controlling your woman. You're not going to pay anybody tax because you're getting paid in Bitcoin. So you don't need to pay tax to anybody. But you need to tell your girl that you're paying the tax because girls are lazy and girls are stupid and girls don't understand how taxes work. So the girl's working with you and you're like, oh, OK, yeah, we've made this much money, but I'm going to pay the tax to make sure we don't get in trouble. She'll sit there and go, OK, OK. Now, that allows you to do two things. One is another control element. If I work with him, my tax is not a problem. If I do it alone, I have to deal with taxes. Taxes are complicated. So control element. Secondly, it allows you to pay her a smaller percentage. So I used to pay my girls 30%. So for every $10,000 they made, I'd give them three and I'd keep seven. They thought they were on 50%. And I said that the disparity is because of taxes.
0: Yeah. See I, like th- this, that's the kind of stuff, obviously I fully disagree Small with. Small issue. But, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I, I, I guess that's, that's probably what it is, is like, when, when a model works, people follow the model, even mm-hmm. if the model is intrinsically something that shouldn't be followed yeah. just because it's, it's just not a, it's not the, does it work? Yeah. But is it right? Uh, yeah. maybe not. You know what I mean? So I, I think that, it, I think the kind of what we talked about earlier in this episode, the, 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 worst advertisement for alpha males is alpha males, um, because they have to constantly be pushing this narrative that they're alpha. And to me, the whole concept is kind of fucked because, if you're truly alpha, you don't, you don't have to talk. Ta- you yeah. don't have to keep trying to convince everybody that you're alpha. No. You don't have to do this stuff where you're like staring down women and like puffing your chest out like you're a fucking gorilla. You know what I mean? Like yeah. why do you feel like you have to do that? Like you're really trying to prove to that woman that you're you can overpower her. Like she knows that, bro. Wait, what do you what do you what what are you trying to prove? What, who are you trying to be? If you're actually, if you actually have to consistently try to prove those things to other people, it shows me that you're not really an alpha because if you were, you wouldn't care. Like the core of that to me is having security in yourself and who you are. And, and that to me is opposed to what a lot of those people push, which is why, you know, if a woman, if, 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 if the man has this massive body count and they've had sex with like, 230 women they're all proud of it and then they meet a girl who's had sex with 50 men and they're like you're a whore and I was like yeah. whoa yeah. like you're these are wildly different standards and like i understand there's some sort of discrepancy between those two things because it's 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 i think culturally and biologically wired right. in us because literally women used to be owned by men Yeah. basically like if you were the husband and you had a wife and it was you know the year 890 mm-hmm. It, she was your property for all intents and purposes. So there's always been this cultural, sti- cultural stigma around like the man can go off to war and have sex with all these girls. But if he comes home and finds that his wife was sleeping with the blacksmith, yeah. then like he's going to make an example of her or whatever, because yeah. how dare you? That's my property. Right. But it's like, have we not gotten to a place culturally where we can agree that women shouldn't be property? Yeah. Like, is that not something that we can agree on? You know what I mean? So, And if you mean if you're currently not apparently (laughs) not because if you're constantly pushing this narrative That like, you know, that's my woman and I can but I can do whatever I want then again That to me shows me proves to me that you you have security.
1: There's a massive insecurity
2: Have you had a serious relationship? I I,
1: I have many concurrent serious relationships as we speak. Are you poly? No, because that means they can talk to other dudes. That's fucking haram (laughs) That's atrocious. That's disgusting
0: you are showing your insecurity through your, uh, uh you know, this shield of yeah. saying that, like, well, this is my woman. Like, the, right. I'm I'm putting this, I'm planting this flag. And how dare you? You know, yeah. you should be chased to to, well, to some degree. You, and I can do whatever I want. It's crazy
3: because like there's whole podcasts like, and people have seen clips like on TikTok, but you see whole podcasts where it's like the podcast is either the male host talking about like oh, this is all the people I've slept with and this is these crazy stories and like, oh my God, high five, you know? And then those same podcasts will have like an OnlyFans creator on and be like, aren't you ashamed? Yeah, like It's like it's like the guys that like watch porn and then they're like, porn stores, porn stores are disgusting. Yeah. It's like, dude, you can't consume the product and then criticize the person making it. You know right. what I mean? Like you have to one way or the other, you know, like Andrew Tate, you know? Like it's a perfect example, like says all this stuff and then is like, talks about hooking up with all these different women and is also a devout Muslim. Like it's very confusing, like all these different.
0: Yeah. I think it just comes down to what you think an alpha male really is. Cause that's my thing
3: is I, I feel like I identify a lot with
0: being an out, like being alpha in terms of, I've always been extremely competitive. I like, I like to work out, stay fit. I like to play, pick a basketball, I I want to golf. Like, Like, but I, I like that stuff. Yeah. And I, I think that there's a lot of value in, in being a man and pushing yourself to become the best version of the man that you can be, no. but you do not. And I think is diametrically opposed to being a real man and right. being an alpha male. You cannot just demean women yeah. because you are an alpha. Like yeah. the whole concept. Devaluing
3: them doesn't increase your value right, at all. Yeah. Right.
0: And it doesn't make you more of an alpha. It, to me, like, again, that that's, to me, it makes you less of an alpha in my yeah. opinion. Like you might be able, you, you might have big muscles and you might be able to fight or whatever, but like, if you're just a dick and you're an asshole and you're treating women poorly, like anybody to me that treats somebody weaker than them poorly, just because they're weaker than them is the opposite of an alpha. Yeah. It's a mentality. It's not of. A physical form even though some of it is displayed through physicality yeah. which I agree with right like you're not going to see an alpha male who's 150 pounds overweight it's not like you yeah. that's not the same type of person but it doesn't mean that you also have to be a douchebag.
3: yeah yeah well I, I was telling you before we hit record and you know we don't have to keep riffing on this but You know, I've I always bristle against a lot of the alpha male stuff. Like I'd say we're very different in like who we even consume and stuff, and relate to. And a lot of it for me is honestly just it reminds me a lot of religious, like crazy, like whatever. But um, man, on the flip side, you probably like some because it's you know what I mean. Like there's we're always influenced by stuff that we've heard before. Mm -hmm. But one of the things I was saying about before we hit record was i had read Relentless by Tim Grover, and I liked. I feel it's the closest I've come to like hearing the alpha mentality defined. not even say, like throwing out the label, when but when you like,
0: told me you read the book, I was surprised to hear that you liked it because yeah. it, it is, I mean, for all intents and purposes, it, it's a book on being an alpha, right. not an alpha male, just being an alpha in general.
3: But what really stood out to me in that, I was telling you is like when he defines like a Michael Jordan, you know, or, or Kobe Bryant. So like, he talks about, you know, the, the Matt Barnes, ball fake Kobe. Oh thing. Yeah, yeah. And like, listening to it talked about, which again, you can check out the clip where Matt Barnes talks about it on the Travis makes friends podcast. But when he's talking about that, I was thinking about like, you know, NBA players in situations where you see clips go viral on Twitter, where, you know, someone does something like what Matt Barnes did. And the person's like, ref, did you see that? Did you, you know, like they would explode and be like, look, you know, look what's going on and show that, you know, that they've been antagonized in some way. And, like, Kobe just stands there and then goes back to playing Mm -hmm. as hard as he can play, like he always did, Mm -hmm. you know? It's the same with, like, Michael Jordan. Like, he would go out, shake hands with the people he needed to, meet the people, the sponsors, the coaches, like, you know, the other players. And then it was like, but he didn't exhibit a ton of emotion. Like, he took all the anger he was feeling, all the maybe anxiety he was feeling, like, and just channeled it into the game. And, like, to me, it made sense where it was like he wasn't even he wasn't even on the same universe as everybody else around him. Like it was like, I'm in competition with myself. Yeah. And so like, for me, that's the first time I've ever really resonated with that type of content. And maybe it's been said, and I've never heard it that way, but like, it, it's not the situation where you have to go like, I'm gonna make sure all these other people suffer, so I can be the best. It's like I'm not even playing your same game, right? And like to me, that's the definition of me. Yeah, the things I can control. And and I think the alpha language is—it's like red pill. It's—it's been overused to where it doesn't mean anything anymore. Like everyone on every side says, "Escape the matrix," and they could be exactly you know. Literally, the matrix is like from trans filmmakers that said that was an allegory about feeling trapped. You know, like so anyone can apply that and uh, analogy to anything. But I think ultimately for me, it's like, how can you be the most high value? And it's not going to come from beating everyone else. It's like beating yourself every day in a, in a non masochistic way. (laughs) I thought you were going to say in a non masturbation way, which also also accurate. Um, But no, like it's about leveling up in competition with yourself ultimately. And I think that's huge. And like, and I think that makes you look stronger too. Like when you walk in a room and you're not phased or you're not having to put someone down. Exactly. Like, it's the it's,
0: subtle confidence. Yeah, that, And that's kind of what I was saying. That's kind of, that, that I think is a- It's a is mamba a, is mentality,
3: a so to it's speak. A, yeah.
0: That, well, There was actually a really cool clip of Kobe too. And uh, uh, I think it was Chris Rock who was on, who's sitting courtside a Lakers game. And he was like talking, he was, he was making a bunch of jokes. And he was just like laughing and trying to get Kobe cutting up. And like the whole time Kobe's just like straight laced. You, you can tell he's very, very, very close to him. You can, mm-hmm. he's hearing everything, but he's just like looking- directly like at, at something the game the ball the ref something he's completely focused and has like one of the funniest people in the world sitting on you know courtside trying to engage with him and he's not even giving him the time of day yeah. not even for a second because he's that focused on what's happening in front of him and right. that focus on the game
2: you take a look chris rock sitting right next to kobe bryant shooting the breeze funniest man in the world telling jokes and take a look at kobe bryant i don't even hear you But that's my
0: point is like if you're really an alpha, you don't have to walk into a room and tell everybody you're an alpha is yeah. my point. And that's what I feel like this alpha culture is is creating mm-hmm. is a bunch of dudes who feel like they got to make it known that they're an alpha. It's so the
3: short guy syndrome of totally. like, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's just like, it, it, like I said, it sucks for me because I feel like they give so many other good people a bad name, like the yeah. Tim Grovers. Like yeah. if, you didn't, if you didn't take the time to read his book, you probably would automatically lump him into that yeah. circle of people.
3: But at the end of the book, he literally says- my daughter's proof that emotions are your weakness. Cause I melt when I'm with her and it's yeah. like, you can have both Correct. <laughs> like, and not be an asshole. Yeah. You, you don't,
0: you don't have to be an asshole on this side. You don't no. have to be a pussy on
3: this side. Like no. you,
0: you can still be a man. That, that's kind of what I'm saying is like, I, I am a big believer in like manhood is a good thing and it should exist. And you should strive to be a better man. If you are a man, you know what I mean? But you don't have to be an asshole. Yeah. You don't have to, You don't have to subscribe to the 500 years ago version of, of being a dude. Um, You can still have empathy. You can still have love. You can still have respect. You can still have all of these other good, you know, attributes and qualities. Um, You can still have a family. You can, you know what I mean? Like you don't, you don't have to be this other version that is this like gross, ugly leech on the people around you. And you just have a bunch of shallow relationships with, you know, hot chicks or whatever. And it's just why,
3: I don't know. I, I just doesn't just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. But um, well, we could keep talking about that for a long time. Yeah. Remember, whether you're an asshole or a pussy, you're going to get fucked in the end. <laughs> just... <laughs> uh, I'm We're not going to close all that. We're done. No more all that. All right. That's it. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> bye bye now. Well, that certainly was a non. <laughs> that's good, huh? That's a good anyway. way. No, no, no. Anyway, no. That's the real end. Right. Okay. That was a completely non-controversial segment. Uh, let us know your thoughts in uh, in the comments below. Oh, That's a good quote. Peace. That's it for today's episode.
0: Thanks for spending some time with me and my friends. If you want to be better friends with me, then head over to travischappell.com slash team to subscribe to my free newsletter, Your Friend Travis, where I share what's on my mind about life, building a business, raising kids, being married and anything else I would normally share with my close circle of friends. That's travischapelcom slash team. And my biggest ask of you since I'm sharing my friends with you is to share this episode with a friend of yours that hasn't listened to the show yet. and leave us a quick five-star rating in Apple Podcasts and in Spotify. It would mean the world to us as it helps us make sure that this show continues to be more valuable to you. Thanks in advance and I'll catch you on the next episode.